Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Yes. Yes, give it up for JP. Great job. And the worship team, wasn't that so good? You just felt like God's sweet spirit. It was wonderful. Um, my name is Sean. I'm the lead pastor here, and we are right in the tail end of a message series all about resetting. So we have one more message, and then we're moving on to Easter and another sermon series. But the whole idea about this message was really to look at ourselves and to realize that we do have influences from culture, from media, from news, all these different things. So how does my life line up according to God's truth? Are there areas in my life that I need to kind of reset to focus in, I want my life to live like Jesus tells me to, because we know that's the firm foundation. So that's what the whole series has been about. And today I'm going to talk about the message and the idea of being generous. So I love talking about being generous. We're going to talk about being generous, not only in our treasures, but also um, our service. Like what does it look like to be generous in serving in our talents and our time? And I know that there's a lot of people that automatically you're just like, oh gosh, the church always talks about money. Honestly, <laughs> Streams Church, um, it was funny because I had some new people that are coming and they're like, uh, uh, wh- where do you guys give your tithe? We never hear about giving money. Like, how do we even do that? Uh, we don't even actually build it into our message. Honestly, our heart is to really connect you with a relationship with God. We want to encourage your faith. And we do know that that is a sim- sensitive topic. And so we don't want to intentionally create a stumbling block to where some people might be rubbed wrong if we pass the plate around. A lot of us, we give in the back. Most of you guys, actually most of our um, income comes in through online giving. And so a lot of you guys tithe and you give generously without even being told to. And so I just want to kind of look at what the Bible has to say today. Is that okay? So there's no agenda. We're not going to take a special offering at the end. But... um, (laughs) The reason that it would be negligent of me not to talk about giving is because the Bible talks so much about giving. It talks so much about our money. And when we think about the Bible, when we think about faith and Christianity, there's a lot of topics that come to our mind. Topics like maybe faith or love or heaven. And so I just want to give you an illustration of this because... I love the the topic of grace. I'm glad that Jesus came to give us grace. Now, grace in the Bible is mentioned over 150 times. The Bible has a lot to say about grace. Um, When it comes to the topic of love, love is mentioned over 300 times. Or heaven. Heaven is mentioned in the Bible over 550 times. But none of it comes close to money. Money is mentioned in the Bible over 200 thousand times so much and the reason i feel like money is mentioned a lot in the bible is because we see that our hearts are connected to our money and really god doesn't want he's not after your money he's after your heart he wants a relationship does that make sense so we we need to talk about what it looks like and how to use our money so again i know some of you might be thinking you know what I can't even think about this because I'm so in debt or I have so many bills going, my job's shaky. How can I even think about being generous with my money? I just want you to just 
take a, take a bird's eye view. It's, it should be interesting for us just to see God who created money. What does he have to say about finances? So let's just look at that because it's not my words that are important. It's really God's truth and what he says in scripture that matters. And so I know that money can be a, a, an emotional topic, but truly money is neutral. You can use it for good things or you can use it for bad things. Money is not bad in itself. It's the love of money that causes us to stumble. So really our heart is, is that you would experience God's love and instruction as we talk about this today. So I want to turn to Matthew 6. And this is Jesus's words. This is a really famous passage. Um, Chapter 6, verses 20. Again, money is really tied to our hearts. So Jesus says this. He says, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Think about that. Do you you see the love and compassion in that statement? He's saying, guys, (laughs) like if if Jesus was a financial advisor or a counselor, (laughs) I would trust whatever investment he tells me to make. (laughs) Have you thought about that? He's saying, guys, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So I've got this fun little illustration because I'm a visual learner. Um, so we're going we're gonna to look at different buckets that we can invest our time, treasure, and talents in. All right? So <laughs> we have the bucket of stuff. I love stuff. Who loves stuff? Yeah. Stuff. Yes. We have God's kingdom, and we have people over here. So, again, we, we're not talking about our financial circumstances right now, but here's our life, right? So here's how this illustration is going to go. Here's our life. We know that sometimes, sometimes, some point in our life, our life is going to end. And so from this reflection, when we're, like, towards the end of our life, and we, we ask ourselves the question, what do I want my life to count for? How do I want others to remember me? And based on those criteria, you can say these are the most important things in my life. This is what I want my life to count for. Jesus says, wherever you cast your money or your treasure to, that's where your heart's going to go. So over here, if you're like, when I get to this stage in my life, these are the priorities. These are the things that I want to make a priority to. It's impossible for those to be a priority if you don't cast your treasure into that bucket. Does that make sense? So here's some stuff that people like. Here's some, who's going to some uh, spring training games today? Tony in the sound booth. Yep, I see your hand, right? So we can get involved in hobbies or sports. I love this. There's nothing wrong with this. But realize that if you get in baseball, your treasure is there, your heart's going to follow it at, right? So who's watching the, uh, the basketball thing, March Madness, right? I don't know much about it, <laughs> but it's a big deal. What about this? Who loves this? Fashion, right? Looking good? Look, shopping, ladies, right? All the, all the stuff that you can do to, you know, enhance your looks, right? We have that. Here's, okay, this is my weakness. Home improvements, right? <laughs> Home Depot, guys, who's with me? Yeah. Stuff is good. I love stuff. But when I fix my house, like, it's hard to, 
it's hard to sell it because like there's an emotional like, I did this, we did this. There's like that emotional connection. So when I invest my time and my treasure into building and remodeling, like my heart goes there as well. Or this is a good one, entertainment, right? Movies, you got movies, going to Harkins, all the fun stuff, the theme parks, all this stuff. This is good, right? Oh, you're right. I, I was going to see if anybody caught that. This is the chosen, so definitely God's bucket. That's good. Thanks, Mike. Good, good call. You got it. Right? We have, uh, we have some people. This is important, like your kids or your marriage. Like, I, my marriage is important. I want to be known as a good husband. So that's why I'm going to put time and my treasure into building our relationship because that's important to me. So Jesus is saying, hey, look, guys, it's your choice. Wherever your treasure goes, that's where your heart is going to go, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So these are very important things. Timothy says it this way, 1 Timothy 6, 8 through 19. He starts with a strong word. He says, command them to do good. Think about that. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure again. For who? Themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. I mean, that's a strong word, command. But I feel like when you have a revelation of God's goodness and you have a revelation of the eternity to come, You can say, hey, guys, this is not the real deal. This is not true life. You need to invest it in God's kingdom, in true life. And this is not streams. Streams is a little part of this, but this is God's kingdom. There's so many great organizations and people and places that serve to build God's kingdom. And so he's saying, hey, command them to be generous in good works and storing their treasure there because... Where your treasure is, that's where God's heart, he wants that heart to be there. He's beckoning you for a relationship in that area. A big topic um, that I want to tackle is, um, well, actually three. How much we should give, why we should give, and there's another one. We'll get to it. It's in here. Um, How much we should give. A lot of you guys are familiar. The Old Testament talks about how much to give. 10%, 10%, right? It's a tithe, and it's a holy, it's a, it's a great place to give. You should give 10%. That's a good thing. The Old Testament says, hey, look, God says, this is holy. It's set apart. You should give it first, and it's holy. It's set apart. You should give up your first fruits. Um, the New Testament talks about, and this uh, Jesus does affirm all the Old Testament, but he, he talks about in Luke 6.38, Again, we see his heart, and it says, Give, and it shall be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus is saying, hey, look, you know, 10% is great, but he had a lot, of, a lot of words to say to the religious leader who was using the 10% as a legalistic way to leverage themselves to God. And so he's saying, hey, guys, no matter what measure you use, you could use like a little tiny half a teaspoon. Or you could give a larger amount. 
his, his desire is, you could see, he says, whatever, whatever measure you use. And so some are like, you know what? This is a huge sacrifice. Just giving a little is a huge sacrifice. But what I've seen is that God blesses you for that. He blesses you. We see the, the, the widow who gave just a small amount, like a mite. And he says, this person gave more than any other. And then we see some are able to give in a larger portion. And Jesus is saying, hey, whatever you use as a measure is going to be given back to you. Um, I know my story uh, for giving started back when I got my very first job. Like I had babysitting jobs and paper route jobs. But when I was a freshman in high school, and it, you came on a good Sunday because you get to see what Sean looked like as a high schooler. Look at this handsome gentleman. It's coming. Soon. Oh, look at that. Man. <sighs> Babe, you scored. You, <laughs> you got a good looking dude. Anyhow, this was me in ninth grade, freshman year. And this is the little donut shop I worked at. It's called uh, Donut Mill. It was in Willow Park, Colorado. And this was my uh, youth pastor, Mike, Mike Corman, him, his, uh, him and his wife. They serve in Thailand. He was my youth pastor. And so I'm starting my job at the donut mill, and he says in youth group, he says, you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. And I says, this is a good investment. Like, honestly, I'm going to be honest, my motivation was not in, like, storing treasures in heaven. My, my motivation was to get a Honda Prelude. Like, that's what I, <laughs> this is a good investment. Like, I'll give to God. And so that's where my journey of giving started, honestly. I says, hey, 10%, that's the thing, let's do that. And I started there, and I never really went back. And honestly, I can say from this stage, I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Hypothetically, if somebody were to come to me and say, Sean, we've added up all the donations you've ever given to God or to religious ministries or, or people, whatever, and here's a check for all that you've donated. And again, it's hypothetical. And they says, here's the thing. If you cash this check, by doing so, you will undo all the good that this money started. I would say, no. I don't want that check back. I know what it's benefited. And there's people in this room, including myself, that we have made really good decisions that we thought were going to be great investments that didn't pan out. And we would love... For somebody to come, hey, look, that investment deal, <laughs> that house deal, here's your money back. If you cash the check, it's like that never existed. You're like, yes, please, direct deposit. I'll take that deal. I can have the check for the tattoo back and not have the tattoo. Okay, yep, I'll take that deal. <laughs> Undo that decision. But not for God's kingdom. He's saying, hey. You know what my, my heart is, is that you would be generous, not because of guilt or condemnation, but you, when you experience Jesus in a financial realm, like if your heart is like, man, I just want to know more of God, yet you haven't seen him work in your life financially, it becomes so much more real and tangible. Like it comes to a whole different exciting level. And I want to transition about how we should give, because there's some really important aspects of that. Um, we learn in scripture that it's important to give of your first fruits. 
So like when you get your paycheck, a lot of times we'll see, you know, the, the Fed's got that, Social Security, whatever. But Jesus is saying, hey, it's important to give of your first fruits. So whatever amount you decide to give, whether it's small or, or large, do it consistently. But man, maybe it's 20 bucks a check. But give it first fruits. In Psalms, excuse me, in Proverbs, um, in three, uh, chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, with your first fruits and all your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That's one of many verses, but there is a spiritual truth with giving first. And husbands, we know this too. Like if you're trying to woo your wife and you give all your resources, all your creativity to your workplace, and you come home and you're just spent, tired, and you're like, okay, hon, you can have this time that's left. Like that's not going to work all that well. We need to use creativity and resources and putting into people and relationships and our kids and our families because there is a power to first fruits. The second thing we learn is that we should give without bragging. In Matthew 6, it talks about this, but you shouldn't, you know, be posting and you got your computer, you're giving your online donation with a little selfie. Hey, hashtag tithing, boom. Like, eh, don't do that. Not my... Not a good recommendation. Uh, thirdly, it says we should give with a happy heart. Uh, look at Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. Um, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Do you see a, a trend here going on? You must decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So give first, give without bragging, and give with a happy heart or cheerful giver. And God will generously provide all you need. Again, this is hard because we wanted to say all we want, right? I wish it said that. But what we want never is quenched, right? It never satisfies. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered. How long? Forever. So actually, we should give first. So let me move this over here. That's better. Oh, I'll just move this. That's probably, that's probably the better order, right? <laughs> For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide increase your uh, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Um, here's the truth. The truth is is you will reap what you sow. You will reap later than you sow and you will reap more than you sow. So if you sow into family and people, you're going to receive that. It'll be later, and it'll be more of. If you invest in God's kingdom, you will reap what you sow. If you speak negative words towards people, you will reap what you sow. Careful the seeds that you're sowing. Careful the seeds that you're sowing. And I think my, the main point is just start somewhere. Ask God, hey, what, what do you want me to do with your investment advice? Where should I start? And I, I think that the hindrances that we specifically share in America 
is debt, right? Because we see so much stuff that we don't maybe need, but we want. And I think Satan's strategy is that he desires us to get stuff that we want with money we don't have. And then we become a slave, right? And we can't give and we say, well, when I get out of credit card debt, then I'll give. But then we never start sowing seeds. And then he says, oh, man, you're a, you're a really bad Christian. And then he begins to pour doubt into our lives. And then he says, geez, all the church talks about is money. And then all these other thoughts. And then he wins. When Jesus is saying, hey, look, <laughs> salvation isn't hinged upon your generosity. It's not. When the thief was dying on the cross and he says, hey, <laughs> how can I... You know, remember me when you get to your kingdom. He didn't say, oh, it's too late. You didn't, give a, didn't have a chance to give to the temple. He didn't say that. So this is an invitation to go after the financial advisor. And I think it's great, great advice. And honestly, my, my dream um, as a pastor is to see everybody at Streams Church give something. To give something. And to serve somewhere. If we as, could you imagine the church of America and everybody gave something consistently and everybody served somehow. Whether that's, you know, even, even if, if you're praying on the couch, you're serving somewhere. Imagine what the church would be like. That would be so amazing. And that's what I love about Easter. For those of you who know Jesus, who have received grace... That's the message that I'm preaching on Easter. So you don't have to fight for a good seat because that's your life. <laughs> so Easter is really super serve Sunday. If you're a follower of Christ, that's the time to get your boots on. You know, that's, that's our time to serve those who need to hear that message. And I know that, you know, kids' church, there's needs in kids' church. We have more babies coming and we're opening up, we're, we're working to open up Praise the Lord, we have plenty of space, we have an amazing facility, but we have people that need to, we, we need to have. And I know that, you know what, there's people that faithfully serve in junior high and high school. And I think if you fast forward 10 years down, and you're like, man, if you could have had those Sunday nights back, you'd be like, what did I miss, a TV show? Instead, there's people that you've impacted in your small group time that that affects forever. Do you remember your Sunday school teacher's name? Mine was Robin. I don't know her last name. But Robin, I, there's not one specific lesson or thing, but she cared about me. And she encouraged me to memorize scripture. And she was really cute, so I kind of did. <laughs> like, I, easy, I'm sorry, not as beautiful as you. Anyhow, <laughs> that went sideways. What I'm saying is, that you, when you serve, people will remember you more than you even know about. And whatever you serve is going to be given back to you. So this is our chance to serve. And I, honestly, I kind of have this rub where churches just talk about serving in their own church. That's not what I'm saying. Like, there's people that want to serve downtown. Whatever you're gifted for, maybe it's teaching music. Maybe it's giving haircuts to the homeless. Maybe you're using photography and you're donating some of your funds. I don't know what it looks like. But what I want is to position you to hear from God. What's God saying? 
What's your talents? And what's your time? And if it's your heart to say, you know what? Lord, I, I need your help to show me how to give. I need your help to, to knowing how to serve. That's a great prayer to pray. Um, I'm going to close with this scripture because this is one of my favorite scriptures about giving. It's in the vein of 2 Corinthians. It continues on in verse 11. But get this. This is mind-blowing. It says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take our gifts to those in need, they will thank God. What it's saying is that when people are in need and you take gifts to them, their response is to just praise God, to thank him, to worship him. So literally, with a $20 bill, with money, with resources, when somebody's in need and you get a nudge and you gift that to them, they will see God's tangible work in their life and begin to praise and worship God. Has that happened to anybody when you're in need and you pray and you're just like, God, I need a miracle. That happened to Susie and I, I think it was 2013 or 14. I moved to California to take a part-time job in ministry and she's working on her master's. And so we're paying the school for the master's program. On the other side, she's serving and working in school to get her you know, all of her credential stuff done. So she's volunteering. It's a part of her thing. So she's getting no money there. And we are just tapped out. We're tapped out and we're looking and we're like, kids, there's no way that we're going to have a Christmas this year. You know, and there's such in a great age and like Christmas is so big. And the church found out about it and they just began to bring gifts over and showered us with all sorts of gifts. It was like one of the most special Christmases of my life. I'm saying, God, you're so good. You care about our kids. Look at how many gifts they got. They got tons of gifts just showered. My, my point is, is because of their generosity, it was a huge boost for me and my wife's faith. We're like, God, you're faithful. You remember us. You see us. And just their gifts made such an impact. You know, gas is expensive. Maybe you say, hey, look, I'm going to have some extra gas. God, send me somebody who's struggling, who just a little bit of gas in their tank would just really mean it, the world to them. I don't know what he's going to use, but I know your generosity directly affects, and you can hinder somebody's faith because of you being obedient to God. That is exciting to me. That is so cool. So as we close, we're just going to pray, and we're just going to ask God, what are you saying to me? Um, so let's do that. Lord, I thank you, God, for the resources. And I'm the biggest culprit of misusing finances, for overspending, for being in debt. But God, I thank you, God, for your faithfulness. So Lord, what are you saying to us today? Maybe it's Maybe you're putting in people's heart of where they should serve or where they should give or how much to give. Lord, whatever it is, I pray just for just a measure of faith. And I thank you that you invite us, that it's not through guilt, but it's through happiness of heart. Because ultimately, you're not a, about a God of money. You're a God about our hearts. So we want to surrender our hearts to you today, Lord.
forgive us for being consumed with our stuff. But Lord, would you show us through your love what you want us to do? Again, no condemnation, but as we sing this last song, let's just praise him for his faithfulness and his goodness. Go ahead and stand if you want.